Welcome to Detour to Neverland, where you are the author of your own Disney story. There's a lot of satisfaction in developing ideas into realities. And you can find magic in your everyday life. If you do what you really want to do, you feel like you're playing. How can you write your first chapter today? Dreams are how we figure out where we want to go. Life is how we get there. I'm headed this way. We're your hosts, Brendan and Catherine. Welcome back to Detour to Neverland. Today is episode number 326. Today we are continuing our The Best Thing I Ever Ate series, finishing out the four theme parks in Walt Disney World. If you want to hear the previous episodes, Magic Kingdom is 306. Animal Kingdom is 309 and Disney's Hollywood Studios is 313 today. Finishing off with Epcot. What else are we going to do in this series? Disney Springs, probably. And, and then maybe resorts just slumped into one. What about DCA and Disneyland? Do we have enough experience out there? I mean, we eat a lot of food, so probably. I feel like we almost eat more food out there. I feel like you always eat more food on vacation. Yeah. That's probably true. So if you are new to this series, here are categories of food of what we're going to be sharing. The best thing we've ever had in these categories, breakfast, a drink, appetizer, snack, entree, and dessert. And I don't know how you found this, but I found Epcot actually really challenging for some categories. Now, spoiler alert, drink. I was It was very easy for me <laughs> to think of quite a few options, but... Some of these, like snack and appetizer, I actually struggled to come up with something. I feel like this one was a little different than the other parks just for the fact that it was difficult, but not for a lack of food, but because I had to narrow it down to just one or two things. I even have an honorable mentions list, and that's kind of even why we saved Epcot for last. We knew that there were going to be a lot of choices. So... I'm curious, we didn't talk about this beforehand. Did you try to avoid festival food or did you include a lot of festival food? I have just one thing of festival food on my list because I did try to avoid it. I felt like since there's always a festival going on, if we included festivals, like that's almost its own episode, like best thing I ever ate food and wine or best thing I ever ate flower and garden. Because a lot of the things do come back, but you can't get them constantly. So I tried to stick with mainstays. Okay. That's kind of what I try to do as well. If it was a festival item as my top pick, I have a backup. That's just a normal Epcot item to go along with it. I think that's actually what I did too. Okay. So breakfast? Me first? Yeah, go for it. This one was easy for me. It's something that when we vacationed, we got all the time when we were going to Epcot. Um, mostly, I think, because of the location. But I went with the Lefse, which I'm hoping I said that right. It's from Norway, from their little um, Kringola bakery. But it's basically just a soft flatbread. It's rolled in cinnamon and sugar and butter. And it's just, I love it. I don't think I've ever had that. Really? Yeah, I mean, I think I've been with you when you've got it, but that's not something that I ever got very often. And there. since we've moved here, I don't think, A, because 
the opening hours have been pushed way back. So a lot of times it's been 11 for us most days for Epcot. So you, it's not breakfast time anymore. So yeah, I felt like for me, I was falling back mostly on previous trips and I don't think I ever ate there. Well, we have gotten this since we've moved down here because when we tried to do our flopped coffee tour, we ended up at the Kringla Bakery. For Viking coffee. I got one of these. Oh, okay. Because I just think it's perfect. We always used to get it because you'd have to rope drop Frozen Ever After. And as you ran back there, like you would stand in line and I would go get myself some breakfast because I thrive on breakfast. And... I included the price because I thought it was significant. It's only three twenty nine. That's a good bargain. It's a good bargain, and it's very good. Okay, so I actually have a very obscure one, and I don't know why I remember this as the best thing I ever ate for breakfast in Epcot, and it is the potato casserole from Ackershus, which still not back. It's now what a Florida Blue Cross Blue Shield lounge or something. That's what you said. That seems so odd to me. I guess we'll have to go sometime. But we did have this just maybe a year before the shutdown happened. And I remember this potato casserole vividly because it's one of the things that they bring directly to your table that you don't have to get from the buffet line up there. And I ate my serving and quite a few other people at our table serving as well. I ate my fair share of this potato casserole. It's... (laughs) Cheesy, hash brownie almost, just wonderful goodness. But as a backup for something that you can get right now, I went with the Troll Horn, also from Kringla Bakery. Let's see, you just said you'd never been there. Well, I remember that's where it actually come from. But Did you put it down for somewhere else on accident? Yeah. That's okay. So it's it's another little pastry thing, and it's like filled with cream... I don't know if it's, I don't think they mean for it to be for breakfast, but for some reason. It's a bakery. A lot of our memories are rope dropping frozen. And for some reason, we just kind of equate Norway with breakfast, I think. I mean, that's exactly what it is for me. I do like Ackershus. I mean, that was a good breakfast. I don't specifically remember the potato casserole, but I do remember we had a lot of fun. I remember our Mary Poppins there was excellent. Yeah, she was and Cinderella, she was great. So I hope that's one that they find a way to bring that back maybe pretty soon cuz that is a cool experience. Be honest, did you avoid putting anything on your list because you didn't know how to say the name of where it was located? No, I uh, fully just intend to kind of skip over the things that I can't pronounce cuz there's a few on here. I'm mainly looking at the little bakery in Germany. I know it's caramel, but then the second word... Koosh? I, see, that's what I always say, but I think that's wrong. But I don't know. Oh, I, I just felt think, really confident in that one. That was not the one that I was even worried about. <laughs> I just know that people have said it in the past and got hung at the stake for saying the wrong thing. Oh, well, you hopefully if anyone's listening, they already know that we have some issues with our pronunciation. So be kind to us. Are you ready to do drink next? I'm ready. Okay, go for it. Again, this was a very easy one for me. I did alcoholic and non-alcoholic for this one. Um, so I'll start with the non-alcoholic. I frequently get the bubble milk tea from the Joy of Tea in China. Now, I do have to say, 
This is not the best bubble tea in the world. We've actually found a local place here that has bubble milk tea that's much better. But when I'm walking around Epcot and it's very hot, um, just kind of in between the different pavilions, I do stop and get this pretty often. And I'm always happy. I'm always glad I get it. I always take a couple sips of yours. It's good. That is a good place for an alcoholic drink as well. Is that where well, yours if you come wanna, from? Well, if you want to be on your butt, it's a good. Yeah, they have a strong pour there. They do. Yeah, they're very heavy pour. But as far as alcoholic drinks, again, I kind of have two here, but it's because the best drink, hands down, I think I've probably ever had in my life, comes from La Cava. And since they've been open uh, post shutdown, they haven't had it. And I am crossing my fingers and toes that they bring it back someday because it was the strawberry basil margarita. And it was absolutely the best thing I've ever had in my life. I should have, that day that I got it, I should have gone back and gotten three more because it was that good. There was just something about the freshness of the strawberry and the basil together that was the most refreshing alcoholic drink I've ever had in my life. Yeah, so just a brief little synopsis. Whenever La Cava opened back up, which I can't, I don't think they were open immediately after the rest of the park parks reopened. I kind of think they were. Okay. Either way, they were not allowed to make anything fresh. Everything had to be pre-made, and they just poured it out of jugs. I think they've since been able to make some things fresh and like actually make them in blenders and you know use real ingredients on hand but for some reason this strawberry basil one has still not come back they said when we initially asked about it it was the basil that was the problem again probably because you can't pre-mix basil in a drink but my second go-to that you can get right now is the blood orange margarita from la cava um, it is a good consolation prize. They still put tahine on the rim, which is the most important part. And I'll I'll settle for it as a close second. Oh, well, thank you for settling. Um, so I'm actually surprised Moonshine Sour didn't make either of our list. Well, I might it might come up later. Oh, okay. <laughs> so my favorite alcoholic drink I've ever had. I did think about Moonshine Sour for this. I also thought about the Canadian apple for this, but I don't think I've had it enough to fully say. And then I also thought of the Welsh dragon from Rose and Crown. I did think of that too, actually. But I went with a mainstay. I'm staying true to my longest lasting relationship with a drink in Epcot. And that is the Violet Sake from Japan. Mm. That is... That's another mainstay. I would be surprised if that one didn't come up somewhere also. It tastes like a Jolly Rancher. It's a good bang for your buck. It's just an overall, it's an excellent choice. And every time I have it, I think, I don't know if life gets better than this. I love the Japan Pavilion, so you can always find a place to sit up there in the garden to enjoy it. It's just an excellent choice. And that is a great spot. I do think La Cava and that atmosphere plays a role in it, too, because Epcot is full of good little spots. I have a backup for the alcoholic category as well, and this is a festival item. Long-term listeners will probably be rolling their eyes when I bring this up. 
It was the blackberry lager that they had <laughs> for like nine days total at the 2020 Taste of Food and Wine. Very short run. They In the Canada booth, they had this blackberry lager, and it was maybe the best beer I've ever had in my life because it wasn't a sour and it wasn't overly sweet. It just had a little bit of blackberry taste on there, which blackberry is probably my favorite fruit of all time. And it was just a match made in heaven. And we went like opening weekend of food and wine, taste of food and wine. And then we went back and it was gone and it's never returned. They did have something blackberry, but it wasn't the same this year. I think it was actually a sour. Yeah, you got excited for that one, and then it kind of let you down. Yeah. Uh, But my non-alcoholic is also a festival item, but I I know for certain it comes back every single year, so I feel comfortable saying it. All right. The Violet Lemonade. Normally at Flower and Garden, but even Food and Wine sometimes has a version of it available. This could also fit into the dessert category, I think, because it is... A frozen drink, but comes with an edible flower. I, I love, let's be real. Do you ever eat the flower? I have once, just to say I did. Okay. Most other times I throw it away. Yeah, no, I do not eat it. But nice, refreshing, fits the theme of flower and garden perfectly. And so that is the best thing I've ever had in the non-alcoholic category. That's fair. That's a good one. As far as snacks go, this is where I put my festival item. I bet we had the same thing. Well, maybe not, because this is a festival item that they have right now. Oh. And it's the griddled cheese from the Grease booth. And I'm already planning, as I was writing it down today, I was planning how quickly I need to go back to Epcot to get this before they switch it over to the holiday. When does food and wine end? I don't know. That's the problem. So griddle cheese, it was, or it still is, the perfect blend of just cheese and then the honey, which gives it a little sweetness. And then they put the pistachios on top so that there's a little crunch with the creaminess of the cheese. November 20th. Oh, okay. We still have time. That's good. But it's just, it was the perfect little snack. Not something we would typically go for. No, it was something that I did not expect to like at all, and it turned out to be amazing. I think the reason we tried it is because we got the wine flight from the Grease booth, and we said, well, we just want something to go with it. Well, and we were trying to do the cheese fromage montage, which... We, I don't think we ever went to another booth to get anything. Maybe the Hawaii booth. Yeah, we got the cheesecake. The cheesecake. But that's the one to beat. So if you're still going to Food & Wine, I would highly recommend that one. My mainstay that I went with is the elote from the chorizo de margarita in Mexico. <laughs> what? It's not chorizo de margarita. It's- oh, cho- whatever. Chorizo. Choza? Choza de Margarita. Did I say chorizo? Yeah. Dang. I'm definitely leaving that in. Yeah, that's embarrassing. Well, the elote is good. Um, it was our friend Sarah from Adults in Disney who introduced us to it. And I love it. I love that it comes in a little cup so that you don't have to eat it off the cob, which is what happens at a lot of places 
and it's too messy for me. But this comes in a little cup and it's all the flavors that you would ever want from a lote. And they have it all the time. So we might actually have to look this up because I have the same thing on my list, actually, as my favorite snack. And I think at Choza de Margarita, they serve two different ones. They serve a lote, and I thought that was on the cob, and then esquetes is off the cob, and that's what comes in the little cup. Oh. Whichever one, we're on the same page. It's the, the one off in the, the cup. cup. Yes. Yeah. So you can just ask the cast member there to serve you the one in the cup, but I agree. It's a little bit spicy. It's creamy. The corn is nice and sweet. That was my mainstay snack option as well. And I actually forgot about it. This is one that I had something else written down and then I came back because I remembered how good it is. It comes with a side item for a lot of the food items that you can get there. But I think you can order it just on by its itself. Own. And then they also have a lote. Because I think that's on the cup. We'll have to do some research, some okay. market research. And then my festival item for this one which maybe this will pop up later on your list. Maybe the best thing I've ever eaten in Epcot, period. The fried cauliflower with spicy ranch from the 2020 Flower and Garden booth. Oh, uh, 2020 Morocco. Sorry, I didn't say which country. Yes, I purposely left them what, that one off of my list uh, just due to heartbreak for the fact that it's probably never coming back. And I'm unwell because of it, because it was just one of those things that, again, we branched out just a little bit. It was recommended to us. We gave it a shot because they said it was deep fried and it was amazing. And we went back for it several times. So I will ask you here in this category, unless I'm jumping ahead further on your list, you have had some different fried cauliflower recently at Space 220. I'm jumping down your list. I mean, yeah. Okay. <laughs> put, a, put a pin in it. We'll come back to it. Okay. Um, appetizer, speaking of which. Appetizers. Thank you for bringing that up. Um, my appetizer is not what you were just talking about. It is the lobster bisque in a bread bowl from the boulangerie in France. <laughs> boulangerie. Boulangerie? <laughs> I don't know. It just doesn't sound very French. Well, yeah, I don't have the accent to go with it. I didn't even say the actual name that's on the menu. Like Le Poisson? Bisque de Homard. <laughs> is that better? Is that a good accent? I always say like Leal, because isn't it in that what's before Boulangerie? Yeah. The, the French market that's the in the French back. The French market, lobster bisque in a bread bowl. It just doesn't get much better than that, honestly. How does it compare to the lobster bisque at the boathouse? Oh, I mean, that's the top of the top. I'm going to die on that hill. You're that's gonna the best. You're going to do a full episode just ranking lobster bisques on property. I could. There's a lot of things I could rank. I could rate cheese grits, lobster bisque, um, eggs benedict. There's a lot of things that we could rank here. Bread, like rolls. Yeah, roll. that's kind of lame, though. Just bread. I'm a big fan of bread service. But the lobster bisque is excellent. And I felt like it was a good appetizer choice. And so that's your top appetizer? That is. Do you have a backup that you wanted to share? Um, well, I actually had two honorable mentions. My goodness. 
because it was like one came to mind and then they just kept coming. And this is when I said, this was my problem is that I had too many choices. So to answer your question from earlier, my backup is the Blue Moon Cauliflower from Space 220 because it is something that you can still get. And again, the sauce was good. And it was a buffalo sauce. It was a buffalo sauce. The portion size was absolutely huge. I could not finish it all by myself. And you can ask for it without the blue cheese dust, which we did because we don't like blue cheese. It's a good alternative. Now, it's not nearly as good as the Morocco cauliflower. If they still had that, that would still rank number one in my heart. But I'll take this as my consolation prize. Okay. And you said you had one more? Yeah, my other appetizer. And this was the first one that came to mind. You know, you're very, you're outdoing me as well because I only have one on my list. Well, that's okay. I guess I'm an appetizer person. It was the queso fundido from San Angel Inn. Ooh, and that's the one outside, right? And I think I think it's the same both. I think they have it in both places because I'm pretty sure we've gotten it in both places. But it's just like that stringy, ooey, gooey cheese with tortillas. And you have to like cut it with a knife because it's so stringy. I mean, it's everything that you would want. Yeah. Uh, I didn't even think about that one. That is an excellent choice. What's yours? My appetizer also comes from Space 220, and it's the fried calamari. Mm. So it came with like a roumelade sauce almost and some cocktail sauce. And they were both excellent, but the calamari was a little bit spicy, but the breading on it was very good. It was cooked to perfection where it wasn't overly chewy. I would go to Space 220. I think next we said next time we'd probably go for just the lounge access, most likely. But I would order those again off of the normal menu because they were that mm-hmm. good. I felt I feel the same way about the cauliflower. I feel like you could easily get that and something else, just a little something, and be completely content. Mm. Okay, we're putting something in motion here. We are, actually. It's a plan. Okay, so are you ready to list the best entree you've ever had in Epcot? I am, and I did split this into two categories. I made Brendan go back and split his into two categories as well. Again, just because there's so much food in Epcot, I went with a quick service entree and a sit-down entree. I thought it was worthy. Now, my quick service entree might make me look a little hypocritical because we've definitely counted this out for a very, very long time until just recently when we were kind of forced into eating there. And I went with the oat grilled salmon from Sunshine Seasons. Oh my gosh. I know. It's crazy, but it comes with cheese grits. (laughs) It comes with like a corn succotash, and the salmon was really, really good. My sister raved about it for years, and we were always just like, no, that sounds gross. I don't want to try it. How good can quick service salmon be? And I'm here to tell you, it is really good. Wow. See, when we ate that meal, I didn't realize that you enjoyed it so much. I think it was probably because we were a little stressed, but it was very good. Like, I was very happy. Okay. I would have to go back there and get that. Because we've been to Sunshine, I can never say this, too many S's. Sunshine Seasons? Yeah. I'm just going to point to you every time we need to say that word. Okay. Uh, Twice recently, 
And both times I went with the rotisserie chicken, which I do like it. I love the skin on it and it's it's good, but it's too messy. I feel like I need to take a shower every time after <laughs> I eat it because I have chicken and bone and juice everywhere by the time I'm done. Maybe the salmon would be a little bit more of a... I mean, you do have to eat it with a fork because I feel like if you picked it up with your hands, you'd get a lot of weird looks. The salmon or the chicken? The salmon. Oh, okay. We're talking about salmon now. Well, you know, I might eat it with my hands. Who knows? Just depends how I'm feeling that day. Well, you'll get a weird look from me. Well. But it is good. It wouldn't be the first time you've ever gave me a weird look. That's true. What's your quick service before we get to sit down? My best thing I rate quick service wise, which I'm going to say it, and then I have a little spiel I want to give about it. And it is the fish and chips from the Yorkshire Fish Shop. When they're good, they are the best thing I've ever ate. But calling you out a little bit, Yorkshire Fish Shop, last couple times we've been there, it has not been fresh. I feel like used to you'd go there and like there was still burning oil on the fish as they handed it to you because it was that fresh. You know, the last couple of times it's been sitting under a heat lamp for a while it dries out. It's not nearly as good. But like I said, when it's fresh, it is nearly impossible to beat as far as just being an excellent quick service option. I almost feel like it is one of those places where it's better to go when there's a big line because that's our problem is when there's a huge line, we usually won't stop. We'll opt to go somewhere else. But that is when you're going to get the freshest and the hottest stuff because they're just churning them out. When we've gone and there's no line, that is when we're disappointed because they just have it sitting there waiting for you. So I do agree. That almost made an honorable mention for me, but I did end up leaving it off. But I completely agree. I mean, it's a solid choice. Yeah. Did you have any runner-ups in the quick service option i didn't actually oh, nothing else nothing else okay what about your table service option my table service option i had to go with my slow rotation short rib that i just got from space 220 i mean it really was an amazing meal i was trying to compare it to like some of the other things that we've done in the past like the nine dragons um we've never done la Cellier. We've eaten at all the Mexican places in Mexico. We've done, what's the one in, is it Germany? Beer Garden. Yeah, we've done that. I mean, I feel like there's a lot that we've tried. And Space 220, I mean, it just knocked it out of the park. It was tender. I think my favorite part about the short rib was the bacon that they put on top. Because when you got a bite with the bacon, it was crunchy and a little bit salty. It was just perfect. Yeah. I thought about putting my red snapper from Space to 20 on my list. And you did not? I did not. Okay. But I actually have two. I couldn't decide between these two. I kept going back and forth and I said, might as well give people more of a good thing. Already. So, first one is the Welsh pub burger from the Rosencrown dining room. I know it sounds a little weird to get a burger from the UK, but they did it well. I'll read the description. It's an Angus beef patty with beer cheese sauce. You could stop there, and that's good. (laughs) 
bacon and beer battered leeks, which those are what make it. That's what makes this burger served with a side of Branston mayonnaise. Now, I have no idea what Branston is. I assume it's a brand. I don't know if it's a style of mayonnaise, but it was very good. (laughs) I know that people from the UK like mayonnaise. They dip their fries in it, which is... To each their own. Yeah, to each their own. But it is a little bit messy, like just the right amount of messiness for a burger. A little bit messy. You got beer cheese. That's quite messy. Yeah, it's very messy. (laughs) But it's just, it's so filling and it's just an excellent, excellent burger. That's another thing. You could do a ranking of burgers on property. Oh, absolutely. There's a lot to rank. Quick fire. What's number one? What the heck? And I wasn't prepared for this. I don't know. Deluxe or no? I do love a good deluxe burger. We haven't been there in forever. In forever. But I almost think my favorite thing about going to deluxe is the s'mores milkshake. Oh. If we're being honest. That's true. The other thing that was on my list is the tacos de ribeye from San Angel Inn. It is ribeye thinly sliced with poblano peppers, red onions, bacon, and Monterey Jack cheese served with corn tortillas and plantains, and then topped with a crema, Mexicana, and cotilla cheese. Wow. Yeah, that sounds amazing. So I think they might have this on the San Angel Inn and the other one. What is it called? Like San Angel Inn Express? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. They're like the exact same name. They're very similar, which always confuses us when we talk about the both of them. But I almost feel like their entrees are different. I mean, I do think they're probably going to be pretty similar. Yeah, I think they have something similar is what I meant. Yeah, but it's I don't think it's the same. Yeah. But, yeah, that's what I went with. I don't know. I think it's just a matter of what I'm feeling for which one I would absolutely go with. But they're both very good. Did you have any, like, other things that crossed your mind? I feel like we don't eat a ton of table service in Epcot because we're normally focusing on festival food. Oh, yeah. And just the fact that there, I mean, there is an abundance of food in Epcot that, no, we don't typically do table service. Um, We did do Garden Grill one time when your family was in town, and I thought that meal was outstanding. I feel like that's another one that people are very much hit or miss. But I liked everything I ate when we went to that all you care to enjoy. I like that they put the goldfish on the macaroni and cheese. Yeah, that was kind of fun. Very childish, but kind of fun. Well, who are we? Children. Yeah. Are you ready for dessert? I'm ready for dessert. Okay, let's hear it. I have two for dessert because I just could not decide. Um, So the first one that I'm going to go with is kind of my wild card item that before I tried it, I did not think I would enjoy it. But it is one of the caramel cookies from the Caramel Couche. It crossed my mind. And that's the one where I avoided putting it on my list because I didn't want to have to say that bakery. Again, I've, I felt pretty confident about <laughs> it, my pronunciation. Someone's going to tell us actually how it's pronounced and you're like way off. Oh, I'm sure I am, but that's okay. I feel pretty confident in caramel. Caramel? Caramel? How do people in Germany say it? Oh, God. Well, I don't know how they say it. I've never been to Germany. 
I know how I say it, caramel. I typically don't like caramel. It is something that I always avoid for whatever reason. I've just never been a fan. I don't like the stringiness or like the chewiness or anything of it. But in cookie form, it's great. <laughs> and What do you not like in cookie form? Well, touche. But again, this is something that was kind of recommended to us. And I went with it. And it was, it's been great ever since. Every time I've had one, I leave happy. And the smell in there is quite heavenly. And they have a good like assembly line system to get you in and out. I feel like you're never waiting in line for forever unless someone in front of you just cannot make up their mind, which does happen sometimes. But most people are there for the popcorn. I, I think so. Yeah. But don't sleep on the other offerings because they're very good. That one came to my mind, but I actually have, um, people might not like this answer, I'm afraid, because it's a little it's a little off the wall for being a dessert. Might even fall into the drink category, some might say. And I'm going to say it in the Italian word first. I'm going to give it my best shot. A naufrago. Naufrago. Doing my best Italian accent. Silencio Bruno. But it's a root beer float is what it is. <laughs> root beer and vanilla gelato from the Gelataria Toscana, which is the new uh, stand, permanent stand that they have in Italy. I cannot, I don't really go for root beer floats too often, but for whatever reason, I felt so moved to try this when we went last time. And it changed my life forever. I think it's the creaminess of the gelato that just made this into the greatest root beer float I've ever had. They also serve it with Coke. If you would rather have a Coke float, but I went with a root beer float. You know you know what they say about Italians? They make good root beer. Does anyone say that? I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> I was going to believe you. But now I know you're just lying. Do you think that's a bad answer for dessert? No, I don't think that's a bad answer. It involves gelato. I'm surprised you didn't say anything gelato well, or ice I cream had, related. You skipped over my... I said I had two and you skipped me. Oh, I'm, my, my bad. My second one, sir, is ice cream. <laughs> from France? Uh, Yeah, from the France, the, the L'Artesian de Glaces. <laughs> The, uh, the we are not cultured at all. No, we're working on it, though. I'd like to be. But specifically, I like the coffee ice cream, which, again, is not something that I've tried until recently, but it's very good. Some of their flavors are a little off the wall, so I've never tried anything interesting, per se. I usually just get a mix between chocolate and the coffee ice cream, and I mix them together, and it's delightful. I'm a two I'm a two scoop kind of person. Brendan's usually a one scooper. And sometimes I skip the place altogether. That's true, which is a sin. But I'm always happy when I go here. It is. It's and it's a nice little setting as well. That whole little area is nice. Now, Remy's kind of made it more bustling than it used to be. But this is kind of, you know, if if you think about making a V this is the opposite way. Yeah, but still spills over in there, I think. Maybe a little. People are shopping for Remy merch back there at the boulangerie. 
Or have they moved that? We haven't been back there I think they recently. do have a temporary cart set up back in the Remy area. So see, maybe that helps. Yeah. So anything else that came to your mind as far as the best thing you've ever had in Epcot or the Epcot area, maybe? No, 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 no. No, 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 no. We are not doing the Epcot area. We are strictly Epcot. Don't you start thinking that way or else we could be here for forever. Um, the only other honorable mention that we did already mention is the Moonshine Sour it from is America. Good. And it's just a nice bar. Like, there's rarely a line. They make them super quick. It's it's nice back there. And we were told by the bartender who's always there that it's the number one drink now in Epcot. Yeah. Which is fun. So I feel like, if nothing else, you got to try it just for being the number one drink. Yeah, he said it used to be one of the margaritas mm-hmm. in Mexico, but now Moonshine Sour is the most popular. It's very good. It uh, is sour, though, so if you're not a big fan of sour things, you might not like it. But they also have like a Lynchburg lemonade type thing. They have quite a few good ones back there. I've just never been able to not get the Moonshine Sour. Yeah. I think as we look at expanding our palate in places that we need to give a first shot to or to a second shot to, I do think Regal Eagle is better than maybe we initially thought. We've only truly been there once, I think. But they have a cheese grits thing. They have a s'mores dessert thing that could make your dessert list. I don't know. You're not, you don't look like you're too much into this idea. I just feel like with barbecue, I don't know. It's either good barbecue or bad barbecue. And I don't want to say that Regal Eagle is bad barbecue. But it can't be as good as Polite Pig. Well, that was going to be my point. If it's not Polite Pig, I don't want it. Like, I'll just wait until we go to Disney Springs. Well, that is the problem is that Polite Pig has ruined um, Flame Tree for us in Animal Kingdom. It's probably ruined all barbecue for us. Well, let's not get carried away. I make I make some pretty mean barbecue, too. You do. However, Polite Pig (laughs) is where it's at. Oh, okay. Are there any others that you'd be willing to give another shot? I think we need to go to Le Cellier. Yes, that's always been one that we've wanted to try. You've been to Chefs de France. I never have been. Yes. I went, my mom apparently has a big thing for French food. I guess when she was young, her and my dad went to a bunch of French restaurants. So on a girl's day, my sister and my mom and I went. And I remember it being good. Do you have escargot? No. I'm not an adventurous eater. Now maybe if you went, you could try it. Yeah. And I can't really think of anywhere else that we need to try. I would I would like to try Tapanito. I would like to try the super, super fancy Japan dining experience that's like over $100 per person. But... We're saving up our pennies for that. (laughs) Yeah, that might be a while. But I think it's just nice to know that there is still always new things to try in Epcot. Rapid fire. Worst thing you've ever ate in Epcot. Worst thing. The the wannabe hibachi from Japan. What's their quick service called? Oh, um, Katsura Grill. Yeah, we got... We went in there. I think they call it hibachi, but everything about it, terrible. Some people like that place. Some people like it. I do not. Uh, Mine, two things come to mind. One was the uh, 
oysters that they served or that I think they're, are they still serving them at food uh, and wine? Was it for food and wine or was it for flower and garden? It might've been flower and garden. I think it was flower and garden, but okay. Everyone at home, raise your hand. If you thought that that was going to work out for Brendan, <laughs> nobody, nobody. Okay. They no were, one's shocked. They were baked though, but they, yeah. But let's be honest, oysters, even baked from a theme park, mass produced, I had hoped for better for you, but I was not convinced. It was one of those situations where I put the first one in my mouth and I thought, man, that wasn't good. Maybe I just got a bad bite. And then I put the second one in my mouth and I immediately regretted it. <laughs> it was horrible. So I will stick with the boathouse for oysters going in and out. And then I think the other is just electric umbrella in general, which RIP, never coming back. Oh, yeah. How... <laughs> I mean, yeah, that was always pretty bad, but that's funny that you even brought that up. I remember one time I encouraged us to eat there, I think because we just needed something quick, and I don't think you have still forgave me for that. No, I mean, probably because there are so many other good things in Epcot. I mean, we probably were desperate and hungry. We probably waited until the very last minute to eat, but even then, you should have known better. Probably so. So, anything else to add for this episode? I don't think so. I think we covered it all. So, we will do Disney Springs here soon. And then maybe resorts. Oh, man. Maybe Disneyland and DCA. TBD on that. But we'd love to hear your choices for the best thing that you have ever ate in Epcot. Put it on your stories or Twitter or Facebook, whatever it is. Tag us in it and we'll share it so that other people can get good recommendations for something to eat in Epcot. But we thank you guys so much for listening. We will be back on Thursday with a new episode and we will chat with you then. Thank you for listening to Detour to Neverland. Make sure you subscribe and leave us an iTunes review if you enjoyed the show. Between episodes, you can find us on Instagram at Detour to Neverland or visit DetourToNeverland.com. We appreciate you letting us be part of your day. See you real soon. <laughs>